Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Do this. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. I heard a couple of woos. That means we love the word. We get excited about that. And as you turn, uh, if there's any ladies here this morning, I heard y'all had a good time this weekend. I heard y'all had a good time this weekend. Wow. So cool. So cool. Man, I'm glad that that was incredible. Again, just had a ladies conference this weekend. God did some very cool things. I love seeing kind of what flows out of that, the after, after effects. And so, again, really cool to hear that. Just, uh, again, God's at work. And our ladies, our men, our youth, children, no matter what age, God's doing some cool things here. And again, glad that you're here to be a part of it. But 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm going to read uh, throughout the message today. Not going to read the story first. Just going to kind of preach and read and, and hang out a little bit to kind of un- let's unpack this thing together. So I'm going to do this first. I'm going to pray. And um, would you do this? Would you pray with me? Cool with that? You down with that? I know sometimes we just want to listen to what someone else says, but this is an opportunity for you to step in the throne room, man. Go to God's presence. And so talk to him yourself. Let's talk to him. Father, we just thankful today, God, for your Holy Spirit. Thankful today, God, for the presence that's here today and for each person that you've brought in this room or that you've connected via live streamer podcast to be a part today of what you're doing at Faith Renew. I'm just thankful for that, God. And I just speak your blessings on the rest of our time together today, God. We just pray, God, as we lift you up, God, you draw men to you. God, I just speak your blessings upon every church today that's out there preaching the good news of Jesus. God, speak your blessings over them in Jesus' incredible name. Amen. Amen. Turn and look at your neighbor and just smile at them real big. Say, I sure do love you. I sure do love you. Amen. I love that. I love that. <clears throat> awesome. Well, we're glad you're here. As I said, again, first time, glad you're connected. If you're a faithful part of this church family, we're so thankful for you as well. And uh, we are, um, if you have been here, you know this already. We're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And so what we've been doing is we've been journeying through the Old Testament. And uh, you've been hearing me say that as we go through this. And it's just really cool what God's been showing us, the things that we've been learning. And you can find all these messages online if you would, if you want to go back and get caught up, listen to that and get God's word in you. But uh, we've been, as we've been learning this, we, we learned last week, I talked about a man named Solomon. And we know that Solomon was uh, the son of David, and he had a, a father named David. And we, lo- we know, spent a few weeks on David and kind of uh, that cool man that we see. The Bible says a man after God's own heart, and he had a great fall, but uh, had a, even a greater restoration. Amen. Aren't you thankful that our fall may be great, but the restoration of God is even greater than that? Amen. And uh, so I just love seeing the work of the Lord in that. And so we learned last week as we looked at that life of Solomon when David sat down and poured in a Solomon's life, that we have to think generational. And we can't just get caught up on, on us and get focused on our needs and our wants, but we must think generationally. And so we learned that, again, Solomon heard that. And he had a son who named Rehoboam who became king and, uh, after him. Uh, we also learned that there was a division that came in the land. And so uh, what happens is Rehoboam became king of Judah. And then another king rose up in Israel, and his name was Ahab. Now, today I'm going to introduce you to a guy named Elijah. And so uh, Elijah was around during this time when Ahab was king over Israel. And um, Ahab was uh, the guy who married that sweet little southern belle named Jezebel. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, no, we have a lot of folks who have babies around here. If, uh, if you're thinking about a name for your daughter, Jezebel, not sure if I put that one on the list uh, or not. Jokingly, I said that first service and people went. Uh, yeah, no, don't do that. It was a joke, but because Jezebel uh, is, has a, is, a, is a spirit that we've learned it is it's a control and manipulation, and it's how the enemy can come in and work, and we see that. But Jezebel was one of those who was heavy. She was she was a murderer. But Jezebel is, uh, in a large part, uh, responsible for bringing many of the false gods into the land of uh, Israel and bringing those uh, false gods in and causing a lot of the division and separation and things that went on. And so uh, it's kind of a lot like our world today. We see a lot of division, a lot of separation, a lot of other gods being worshipped. And so, but we see something else happen. We see God raise someone up. And uh, I'm thankful again that God raises someone up. We know ultimately the person he raised up was Jesus. And so that's what happens. But we see in this time, we see him raise up a prophet named Elijah. I love it. Elijah's a cool dude, man. He, he, uh, he listened to God, and God led him. And so that's usually how it works. We listen to God, then we do what he says, and, and he leads our life. And so there are a lot of cool stories that Elijah does in Scripture. Um, I, I love, there's a really cool story in, in chapter 17, the one we're right before where we're going to kind of look at today. And I actually preached that story a couple of years ago in a series called Flip My House. If you uh, remember that series, if you were here, man, it was a great time. If you want to you know, listen to a great series, not because I said it, because it's a lot of God's word. Uh, if you're needing kind of some encouragement in your home, I, I, go back and listen to that. Flip My House, great series. And I, I taught that story. I was actually kind of hoping he'd let me preach that one again because I'd already preached it. And I have to have, you know, just kind of jump in here and go with it, man. You know, he don't let me do that much. So uh, I, I, had, I had to do this. I had to listen to him. And so he wants us today to focus on chapter 18. But uh, so today, as we kind of look at this, I love this story as well. But we see in this story, the, the nation in division. We see idol worship falling. Just, I mean, in rampant. We see so much division, separation. We see so many things going on. And so the question I believe for, for us is when we see that, what do we do? How do we respond to what we're seeing happen? How today for us do we respond to what we see happening on the earth and what we see going on in, in our families and lives and all the things that are happening for us? And so today I want us to do this. We want to just really kind of focus in on chapter 18 of 1 Kings. And I'm going to pick up in verse 19 where this prophet that God raises up challenges the day challenges the people that are there who have fallen to these things, who have come into the place of division and allowed the enemy to work in their life. And so today, what do we learn from what Elijah did? I'm going to give you four points today. And uh, if you're a note taker, you can jot those things down. And, um, and as we kind of unpack this, but verse 19 is where I want to start. It says this, it says, now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. Elijah speaking, he, he says, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table, the little southern Baal, she prepared a little nice dinner for them. Uh, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. First thing this morning that 
I want us to draw from. I feel like God's put on my heart to share with you this morning that he's spoken to me as well is this, that we have to make a decision. And just like Elijah, you answered me not a word. Just like Elijah, I love it. But we have here, the, I think, a very important key. We have to make a decision. We, we see here, and I believe that Elijah is on to something. I think he's definitely on to something. He is speaking to the children of Israel. He is speaking to a people who have gathered to hear these things from him, and he stands before them. And if you've been on this journey with us, we have, we have together seen God do some miraculous things through the story in the lives of these people. And yet we see again how they find themselves going back into idol worship, going back and looking at other gods and going back and seeking after these other things. And I believe Elijah is on to something when he says this, you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision and, and you have to decide. It, it, it's, it's like we have to come to it. If we're at the table and, and I, y'all pray for your pastor for the illustration I'm about to use. But if you play in Texas, hold them and you just play it for fun. Don't put no real money on the table. But just as you, as you play the game and I, I, I love it. It's a fun game. And so if you have all the chips and you believe that the hand you hold is worth it, you take everything that you have and you slide it on the table. And you say, I'm all in. You go Dabo Swinney on them, man. You go, I'm all in on this thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not holding anything back. And it was just amazing. You, some of you know that uh, Angel and I, we're celebrating 20 years of ministry now together. That's two decades. And, and it's amazing what all has happened in two decades, what we've seen God do. I'm just so thankful for all those things. But I remember a time early back in the ministry I was really naive. I, I, I kind of thought that what would happen is, you know, I get up and, and I'm going to preach this gospel message that changed my life. And, and I love it. I, I would get up and I would begin to share the story. And I, I would just, as I would, I would kind of just talk, and, and we were youth pastors for the first, first uh, decade, for 10 years we were youth pastors. And, and as we shared that message to many young people, and as we taught, I would sit there and I would begin to tell them the story. And, and I, I would tell them, you know, something that, that Jesus, he stepped out of heaven and came to earth. I mean, that's, that's the gospel still wrecks me. I, I will never get away from that story because it is a message of hope from my life. And as I would share that with others, I would tell them, you know, that God came out of heaven and he steps down into earth. And I'd tell them that this, this Jesus was born of this virgin named Mary. And it was just the Spirit of God that came upon her. And that he was born in this earth that Jesus came. And, and, and I, I remember just telling stories that, man, you know, that Jesus, he did this. He got on a cross and he stretched out his hands and he gave his entire life for you. That God, God gave his life for us. Oh man, they're going to slide everything on the table. 
They're going, they're going to have to because this Jesus was beaten and broken and bruised and that he did all of this for them. And, and I would say, you know something, after he died on the cross, you know something, on the third day, that Jesus got up out of the grave and he resurrected and he's alive today and he's alive forevermore. I'll tell him that story. I'm like, yes, this is it. It's going to work. It's going to happen. I love what Jesus does. Jesus is awesome. Jesus, he, he did this. He went around and before he went back to heaven for 40 days, he spends time on the earth just showing himself to people. He's letting them know, you know that what I told you, what I said I was going to do, I did it. And I'm like, man, that is incredible. And then there was many that gathered around him, and he's on the mountain, and they watch him ascend back into heaven. Angel comes back down. What are you looking at, guys? Why are you looking? No, you know what you need to do? You need to go just put it all in. Lay it all on the table. He's gone. He's going to come again one day. I'm like, man, that is incredible that his promises that this of God is going to return. And that God, he's going to deliver my soul from hell. How incredible is it that Jesus does that for us? And I'm going, man, this story is awesome. Who wouldn't just put everything out there for that? You know what happened? I would see people say, yeah, that's that's awesome. I want in on that. Put someone on the table, come forward. And then you start doing this, you start to kind of love her time. You're looking around and you're saying, hey, where does so-and-so go? I thought they were all in. What happened to Dip? You know what happens? They're doing what we see the children of Israel do, what we see God's people do so many times. They're faltering between another opinion. They allow the other gods and the other things that come into their life to somehow sway them over into this place to where maybe this time I'm going to serve that God and it's going to be different. Please understand, every time you serve that God, the result's always the same. And so he says to them, how long will you stand there and falter? At what point will you make the decision and to just literally lay everything on the line and come before God and put all on the table and slide it all in and say, I'm holding nothing back from you, God. You gave all, I give everything. But this didn't just happen then. We see in the New Testament, the brother of Jesus, who, who, who through again the Spirit of God speaking through him, say things like, man, this, this double-mindedness, this, this, this mind where you have doubt and then you have faith, where you're going to trust in Jesus and you're going to walk away and then you're going to do this. You know what that brings for you? He says, this double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I'm sitting here going, man, why would he even have to say this? And you know why he had to say it? Because many of us have done it. 
why today would I even stand in the church? Oh, you're in the church, Pastor. These are, these are Christians, right? Everybody's good. We don't have to do this. We don't have to talk about this. But the message still remains the same today. We have to make the decision to where we slide everything in and, and hold nothing back and keep nothing from Him today because we've all been in that place of... What you have to do this morning? Make a decision. And I love it. Just love the grace of God. And it was for those who were in that crowd that day who Elijah was speaking to and telling them, how long will you be there? Why did he tell them that? Because it wasn't too late for them. He didn't tell them. He didn't say, man, you've done jacked this thing up, guys. You've messed it up and there's no hope for you. This thing is over. Keep walking that direction. He says, come home. Step here. Step into this place of relationship. And today, there's good news for us today. And the good news is the gospel of Jesus. And it's not too late for you today. It's Jesus and what he does for us. But we have to make the decision. Now, as we go on, let's pick up in verse 22. We see something just it kind of like going, this story is just wild and wild what happens. It says in verse 22, it says, Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Second point today is this. We may have to go against the majority. We may have to go against the norm. How did he change this? How did Elijah do this? How, did he, how was he using this way? He was willing to step in and get uncomfortable and step in before all the people and say, listen, guys, there has to be something different in your life. He's telling them something needs to change. And I want us to understand how this works today. We may not be the most popular person when we stand up for truth. I want you to know that everybody doesn't believe in your dream. Everybody doesn't believe in your calling and your gift and your heart and your desire. And so we see this and I challenged it for 10 years, for the decade. I told young people and now I tell us older and young alike, guys, please listen to me. You may not be the most popular or you could be maybe well known for the wrong reasons, something that you don't want. What would it be? I remember I, I'm, I'm old, and, uh, and so uh, I grew up in the 80s, and a uh, great, great, great generation. And uh, I, I, remember, uh, where, I remember the time that I grew up in. You've got to understand, the time I grew up in and where I grew up at, the school I was in and was a part of, it was rough, and there was a lot of you know, things going on and a lot, of, a lot of kind of tough stuff. And I had like godly parents and, who loved Jesus and, and taught me Jesus. And I'm just, again, I'm so thankful again that they thought generationally and didn't just think about themselves. And, and they poured into us. And I, I remember that sometimes, you know, that they maybe not had the best, maybe style thing going on, you know, for me. I remember as a kid and I remember as older, all this, I remember how that works. But I remember in high school, a shirt that my mom had got me, or maybe she went off the radio. It was, I don't remember what it was, but I remember she was like, hey, fish, you perfect. And the shirt said this, I heart gospel music. Yeah. 
understand, man. Yeah, that's what happened right there. Just exactly, just that happened. I, I remember wearing my high heart gospel music shirt to class, and I remember going into general math two. And uh, don't feel bad, man. You general math twoers, man. Don't hey, come on, somebody. Let's unite, people of God. General math twos. Feel Jesus in that. Thankfully, he called me to preach, not not do math. But I remember walking into that class. And man, I remember the laughter. Like it was yesterday. I, it's so vivid. And, and, and the talks and the things that were said. And I mean, I come out of that and I, I almost was like, kind of like, man, I'm going to lose this shirt. And maybe like, man, I don't know what happened to him. I must have left it at gym class or something, you know? I was like, no, you know, so I'm going to wear this thing more. And I wore it more. And I, I remember two of the people who, who really very vividly put a lot of pressure on me when I would wear that and different things like that. And those two today, there, there's one of them that's in prison for murder and one of them is no longer living on this earth. And my, 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 I look back and I'm going, what if I follow the majority? What, what if I would have failed to that? You, you know, today, listen, God's calling you to stand up against the norm, to stand up against the, the, the majority that's out there. And, and this is something we see in Scripture, and Jesus addresses this, and he says in Matthew 7, 13, he says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the wide gate is broad, and the way it leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. I used to take that verse and I remember sitting down and I started learning some Greek and, and studying, learning a little bit more about the Bible. And I was like, man, surely this means something else. And there, there, I, I, I pulled it in and I went to, to people who knew more than I did. And I was like, man, tell me what this really means. And I remember, I remember Pastor Harry Ramey, who, who's a part of his church. And he, he looked at me, he said, Pastor, he said, it means exactly what it says. And, and I went, wow, and you know something today, please understand, for us to change the world, we may have to stand up and just speak the truth and say it the way Elijah said it. And please understand, when it's you plus Jesus, you're never the minority. It, it, you, the true majority is in Him when you have Him in your life. And so you must stand up and speak those things clearly. And Elijah did just that. So you must come against that pull to take you back to the norm. Verse 23, we pick up, and the story continues on. And let's see what happens is in verse 23. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. Put no fire under it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. And so they took the bull, which was given them. They prepared it, called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, oh, Baal, hear us. 
but there was no voice. Listen, a dead guy's never going to answer you. But there was no voice. No one answered, and they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, this is boldness, this is willing to stand up against the majority, cried out for he, aloud, and he says, for he is a God, either he is meditating, or he's busy, uh, he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. I love Scripture. God never sleeps nor slumbers. He's, he's alive. He's, he's awake today and he hears this. And so they cried out. They cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Oh man, maybe this morning you need to repair the altar that's been broken down in your life. Go back to it again. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order. He cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water. Pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. Number three this morning is, sometimes it takes great faith to see great miracles. Sometimes it takes great faith to see great miracles. Now we're thankful enough and understand that by the sovereignty and by the grace of the living God of heaven, there are just times that he pours out miracles and things in our life just because he's just good and he's just God and he's just gracious. But we see throughout the scripture, we see throughout the Bible where people place their faith in him. They put great faith out there and Elijah put it all out there. He put everything on the line. Are we living that way? Are we living in a way and are we, are we asking God for things that it has to be him that shows up and does it? And if it's not him, there's no way this can happen. We can't manufacture it. We can't, we can't kind of make this thing happen. That's what I'm praying for for this church. And I'm praying for for your life, for your house, that we see God come in, do something only he can do and it not ever be explained away. Not that they had great ministry. They had great music. That's how it happened. Or No, they had great... Pre- That's not how it happened. No, it was their systems that were in place. And their follow-up was good. I want it to be God shows up. He does what only God can do. And when everything is all said and done, we have to look at it and say, it had to be Him. Amen. It had to be 
him. But we see, oh, there's so much here. You see a picture of religion happening here in the story. Oh, it's, it's amazing to me. You, you see these guys torture themselves to try to get God to come to them. They're, they're out there cutting themselves and they're torturing themselves and they're just hoping that God, their God, will show up. Please understand today that we as Christian believers are the only ones that serve a God who allowed himself to be tortured so that we can come to him. And today we can boldly approach the throne room. Do you hear this? That this God was beaten for us, and he was the one that was broken, and it was his blood that flowed out so we could be in relationship with him. Stop beating yourself up. Stop trying to do it, and just step in and trust God for the miracle. And in this story, if God didn't show up, this story didn't work, and neither in your life, will it work? If he doesn't come in the room, if he didn't get on that cross, he didn't resurrect, he didn't ascend and come again. There's no hope. But I have belief and trust in this today. That God steps in and he does the great thing. And this is what I love that we see so many times in Scripture. The miraculous happens because God does it. But you know what he's looking for? For people who have faith for it. For people who will believe that he will do exactly what he said. And Elijah was in that place. He, he got up. He comes before him. And he doesn't just say, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, it's this. No, 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 no. Pull water around it. Do it again. Do it a third time. Because you know what he wants? He, he doesn't want those guys to be able to come back and say, it was all that praying we did earlier. Oh, yeah. Our God, he, our God woke up. He, he took a little, you know, power nap. He's up now. He's ready. He's doing his thing. Elijah wiped out everything and said, this is going to be God and God alone. And that's how it works for us. Story, it just gets better. And it says in verse 36, it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. He's the only one that can do that. Then the fire the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all of the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, 
He is God. Why am I praying the way I'm praying? Why am I wanting to see it? Because the end result is people coming to him. And the end result is them saying, is he that is God? Is he that is good? And God is the only one that will bring fire. He's the only one who breathes the sacrifice. He's the only one who pours that out. And it is when God puts his super on our natural that we see God do supernatural things. And we watch that unfold in our life. And I love it. And this is just kind of what happens sometimes. God asks us over and over and over to do big things. You know, Jesus was like, hey, this is what I want you to do while you're out there doing life. I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse lepers, cast out devils. That's what, that's what I'm needing you to kind of step into for me, if you would, please. Okay, okay no pressure, God. It's always God that does the miraculous. It's never going to be you. <laughs> you put that pressure on yourself... It's a miserable place, and it's when you surrender to Him and we see God work and do these great things. Because here's what we have to understand. We can't fix it. We can't fix it. We can't do anything other than say, God, I'm surrendering. I put faith in that she was tortured, so I come before the, the, the throne of grace boldly to you, and I say that, Lord, He is God. I'm thankful for Scripture. Because it's these stories like this sometimes that can get us so pumped. And they can get us excited. We're like, man, this is awesome. And then you know what the enemy does? He, he's good at what he does. And so he comes in and he says, oh, yeah, by the way, your name ain't Elijah. It's Terry. Find that in the Bible. I'm thankful for Scripture because God always answers any question that we have with Scripture. And he, he says in the book of James, again, I love that book, verse 17 and 18, look at this. So we don't say God's not wanting to do something great through me. So we don't sit there and allow the enemy to say, you know something, pastor's not talking to you today. He's talking to someone else that he wants to do something big through. So we can't let the enemy work in our life and somehow get in our head to say, man, you've messed it up. You've fallen too far. You've faltered between that opinion long enough and it's over. James 5, 17 and 18 says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. The message says that human just like us he's not super Elijah pulling the chest back and he's going to do his thing what a nature just like ours look at what his part was in this this is this is this is his part again Bible always tells us and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain it did not rain on the land for three years and six months and he prayed again. And the heaven gave, gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. What? 
take Super Elijah out of the question, points everything to Super Jesus, the God who's on the throne. And what we're called to do in this part is do this. Pray. I guess my question I've been asking myself more and more lately, why am I not praying more? Why am I not coming and asking God for more? Listen, today, well, I want to ask this question. What do you need to have faith for? What are you praying for? What are you asking God to do in your life? If you would, I want you just to please stand right where you, you are right now. Oh, man, I just want to take a moment, bow your heads. And Holy Spirit is here, and the presence of God is in this room, and we've heard His Word today. I guess my question is to you today, how will you respond to what you've heard? Let's not, let's not hear God's word come forth. Elijah got up and he spoke those things and answered him not a word. They walked out the door. No, nothing. No, but let's respond to what we've heard today. This is amazing. I love this about Jesus. Again, he was beaten, tortured. He was bruised. He took upon our sin and our shame so we can have life in him. Not so you can beat yourself up, push, let the enemy push you down, push you away. But so you can do this. You can come before him and pray to him and watch God do miraculous things in your life. I want you to bow your heads if you would, please. And, oh man, I just want to pray over you today. God, I thank you. Thank you for stories like what we've heard today and the things that we see as Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for the miraculous that you do in our life. We just simply do this, just put our faith in you. Trust in you, God. Thank you for being beaten and tortured so we can be in relationship with you. So we could be healed so that we could be whole and be restored, so we can have life in you, Jesus. Thank you for your holy presence who's here today, who is speaking clearly in the hearts and lives. I pray, God, that we'll respond accordingly. In your son Jesus' name. Wow. Just his heads are bowed and eyes are still close to him. First of all, I want to ask you this. Is Jesus your Lord and is He is your Savior? If you put your faith and your hope in the message of Jesus that I've preached today, if you have, man, I want you to understand we had have, we have someone who surrendered everything over this morning. It's beautiful. Just in conversation with them, I told them, I said, you know something? just as saved as I am. Just as saved as me. In about another year, I'm going to be celebrating coming to Jesus 40 years ago. And I'm like, you know something? It's just as saved. Today, you can just surrender everything over to Him. That place in heaven that we are assured of when we put our hope in Him will become your home. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Today, do you need to surrender your life to Jesus? If you do today, I just want to, I want to pray over you if that's you. And 
just a moment. We're going to open our altars up and we do this. If this is your first time, maybe you don't know how this works. Maybe you've never been to a church where they've done this. We pray. We hear scriptures that Elijah prays and God does miraculous things. So we pray together. We pray for one another. We come to God and it's because he's boldly, he allows us to boldly come in there. Regardless of what's happened, we come to him and we bow and we pray. So today you need to surrender your life. Maybe today you, there's been a point in your life, maybe you surrendered, but you kind of went to a place where you faltered between the opinions and I've been there. We maybe kind of like pulled here. We've gone there. We've, listen, made the decision today. That I'm going to let it all in. I'm putting it all in. I'm, not, I'm no longer going to hold nothing back. I'm, I'm not going to hold anything back from you, God. Maybe today God's spoken to you in that way. I'm going to pray with you. We want to pray together for you. Maybe some areas in your life right now that you maybe once had faith for, maybe you're needing to have faith for today. I believe God today is going to do something supernatural during our altar time. I believe he's going to change hearts and lives. And the, the fire of God throughout scripture is a picture and a symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's the presence of God that comes in. It does the miraculous in our life. And so today we want to do this today. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, I oh, mean, I hope he has. I hope you've been open to here today to, to, be, to be receptive of what maybe God wants to do. Our first service, we had leaders in this altar praying. I love it. We had people who know Jesus, known him for a long time, come before because they're wanting to believe for something or they're wanting to just lace everything out. We had people for the first time just coming down. Today we have that opportunity. How will you respond? So, Father, I just thank you for what you're going to do in our lives and hearts today, God. It's going to affect heaven. It's going to affect eternity. In Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.